Hey guys, be sure and check out the My Ambitions as a Writer blog where I, the Mrs. Morgan you know, Kate Morgan, shares my many opinions, stands with women everywhere, and stays rough and rugged addressing the mass public. Visit themorganyouknow.com slash blog. Enjoy! All right, welcome to the Yeah We Know podcast, part of the Morgan You Know podcasting network. You're in the ring with Jimmy and Hot Rod. How you doing, buddy? I am excited, Jimmy. There is a chance that Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens can become tag team champions. I, I've not been this excited about possible tag team champions since possibly the Bushwhackers. It's the meeting of the madness and the mania. It's the mega powers for our, well, our podcast, uh, you know, with uh, with your favorite and my favorite. That would be fantastic. Be a great road to WrestleMania. Don't think it's happening. I know you're probably right, but I love that you said mega powers there. That's a nice little tease as to what's going to be happening here soon. A little tease. So uh, we uh, we have finally done this. I know you've wanted to do this for a while. And uh, we do we do have a special guest. Now, we don't have two special guests. We were going to have uh, a second special guest that you teased on Balls and Brew, obviously part of the Morning You Know podcast network as well. Uh, tell us a little bit about Chris. Well, Rod. you know, Chris, uh, he wanted to make it here. We thought it would be a good idea to have four people since we're doing a Mount Rushmore episode, which is four people. But, uh, you know, sometimes things come up and you can't make recording time. And, you know, when there's multiple people involved, you got to stick with the recording time that works for the majority. So here we are on a Saturday and we will miss Chris. But I just wanted to get that out there for folks because I did promise he was going to be here. I love how politically correct you were with that. Let's let, let's get real here. The four people he got is on his list wrestled before radio was invented. <laughs> That's true. So we had we had we had no basis in this. Okay, sure, that guy was good. I don't know, but one guy who will definitely make up for uh, for Chris not being here is the returning AEW superfan gig guy. How are you today? Hey, all right. It's every woman's dream and every man's nightmare. Gig guy Warner. How you fellas doing? I'm excited. <laughs> Love hearing your voice, Warner. Uh, so we've got our Mount Rushmore episode. Mount Rushmore, obviously, we have uh, we have four people that we're going to put on our mountain here. And I really want to see, before we get into the specifics, what was your rationale? What was your thought process behind these people on your list? So, Rod, we'll go to you first. So, what was your thought process here? Uh, I this is a this is a business. Okay, these are predetermined outcomes. All right. So for me, I just completely thought about who has been the best at the business angle. Who's gotten huge pops? Who's gotten over? Who sold a bunch of merch? Who had a great character? Who could work well in the ring? Which is essential for the business, meaning getting other guys over or themselves playing face or heel. And for me, there were three answers that just boom, 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 popped right into my head. And then I had a multiple, multiple battle royal. And Andre the Giant 20-man <laughs> battle royal, if you will, for my fourth position. That's, that's where my head was at. How about you, good guy? Well, I, you gave me the tip last week that we were, might be doing this, so I had a lot of time to think. I got a lot of time on the road with just my mind, and I was literally thinking about Mount Rushmore and what it means. Think about it. It's some of the most important leaders in our country's history up there plastered on that mountain. Now, when you equate that to wrestling, what does that mean? What are some of the four most important wrestlers of all time? Well, at least in our reference of time, like you said about that guy chris that couldn't be here we'll miss him 
But, you know, if you start naming guys from maybe the 50s and 60s, like you said, Jimmy, <laughs> yeah, 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 okay, man, I'll take your word. <laughs> but I'm thinking, you know, modern era. When I say modern, we'll go 70s until now. Okay, I think I think that's a, a good idea, too, because we kind of want to be in the here and now for those. So I I went and I looked at Mount Rushmore and I said, why are those, why are those four presidents on Mount Rushmore? And it's very simple. Uh, they represent the birth, the growth, the development, and the preservation of the United States. Ooh, preservation. So I Look at this. you. That's a great call. That's why Teddy Roosevelt's up there, right? I Yes. Well, also, uh, Lincoln might, might he kind of preserved some stuff, too. But, I just was uh, thinking natural parks, though, right? That's Teddy Roosevelt's biggest deal. Correct, correct. Uh, so I went with that uh, with my list, uh, which my list was 11 people deep to start with. And then I kind of pared down to a good six, and I, I and I had a fight as well uh, for that last one. Got got maybe one that's going to be a little controversial, but they do all fit in those categories for me. I'm so extremely excited to hear Jimmy Jim Riska's version of controversial. For those out there that know Jimmy well, I'm extremely excited <laughs> to hear Jimmy's version of controversial. Oh, uh, that'll be uh, it, it. It will not disappoint you. I'll tell you that for sure. So, without further ado uh mr gig guy who is one of your faces on mount rushmore of wrestling well let's talk about washington the washington on the mountain okay so he was known as the father of our country without washington you know there might not be no united states so all I have to say about that, Jim Jam and Hot Rod, <laughs> is we will no longer call it Mount Rushmore. We're going to call it Mount Crushmore when these 24-inch Python <laughs> single-handedly build it. And Hulk Hogan is number one on my list, brother. Hogan's on my Hulk list. Hogan. Hogan's on my list. And Rod has Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan did not make my list. Wow. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, boo this man. <laughs> so, gig guy, Hulk Hogan epitome of professional wrestling when you say wrestling you think hulk hogan talk to me a little bit more why did you put him on there why is he your first pick here on your mount rushmore well hulkamania is not just a thing on the tv screen it's a way of life in my house <laughs> i've got shirts i've got bandanas i've got action figures i got dvds heck my mustache is reminiscent <laughs> of the hulkster brother <laughs> And I'm telling you right now, we would not be having this very podcast or watching these episodes of Mondays or Wednesdays or Fridays if not for Hulk Hogan. He took wrestling when it was, you know, it was pretty popular. It was, you know, it was just coming on TV and what have you. And then he just became this real life superhero. The muscles, the tan, the red and the yellow, all of his promos, you know, plus he had a positive message. The prayers, the training, the vitamins, the three demandments, brothers. And then he'd come out and rip his shirt off and listen for who had the biggest cheer. I mean, come on. This guy's a real American. His theme song, to this day, if you come to a gig guy party on the 4th of July, you will hear real American in the list of songs that come up. I have a feeling you hear that more than just once a year at your house. Uh, I think that, that's fantastic. Rod, uh, can you follow that I can, I can. I can follow it a little bit. I mean, it's awfully tough following the gig guy, but I'll tell you, I've, I've ran with the gig guy since we were back in junior high, so I've got much experience following Warner after, after one of his great lines. Here's what I will say. 
If you go up to the random everyman on the street right now and ask them for a professional wrestler, you're going to get Hulk Hogan probably more than any other answer still to this day. And I think that that absolutely resonates. And how many vitamins did this guy push? All right. I mean, what did this guy single-handedly do for the vitamin industry back in the 1980s? And he happened to come around at the perfect time when Vince was taking wrestling from the territories to be more of a television sport. And he absolutely needed Hogan. And that guy fit the bill of, look at me. I look like a giant. I'm pretty attractive. And darn, aren't I charismatic? And that, for me, I mean, that just says it. If Hulk Hogan was everywhere... And then, to top it all off, he makes No Holds Barred and Thunder in Paradise. I don't think I have to say any more. Don't forget Suburban Commando. Don't forget about Suburban Commando and Hogan's Rock and Wrestling cartoon. You guys remember yeah. that? I believe there was a Santa with muscles as well in there somewhere. But I think also when talking about Hulk Hogan, uh, he also had the biggest heel turn in the history of True. professional wrestling. He had never been a heel. He had been booed for quite some time in WCW. And then at Bash at the Beach, he became part of the NWO and then resurrected his career going back to selling the most merchandise. Those NWO shirts were huge. There might have been someone else that had some shirts uh, that were pretty close or even uh, eclipsed those, and we'll talk about maybe Ooh. later. But he, uh, he did everything he could to get himself over. And he did. I mean, he, he wouldn't lose. He made sure that he always got the upper hand. When he went back to WWE, had a, an amazing WrestleMania X8 match against The Rock where it just stole the show. That match was surprisingly good. You're right. I thought Hogan was going to be a complete washed up carcass in that match. And it was pretty good. This is my favorite match of all time. That right there is my favorite match of all time. I know that might be cringe to some. But when you talk about the crowd popping, that whole damn match was nothing but the crowd popping and that was when the rock was everybody's sweetheart and guess what hulkster came in there well hollywood came in there and still like you said stole the show the crowd was booing the rock it was great i could watch that match a hundred more well jimmy you said hogan did everything but apparently he didn't do enough to get on your mount rushmore i mean what are we talking about here jim riska well, we're 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 we're, we're not taught we're, we're talking about everything I'm, I'm taking everything into consideration and Hulk Hogan has made some interesting choices recently in his uh, in his oh, life. Oh come and, on! Um, I I took that I took it's that not out. About personal choices. Took come that on. out. Took that out right there. Took it out. Had had to, so you both have Hulk Hogan. I have as the birth of professional wrestling. When you look at this person, you know he is a professional wrestler. He is a giant of the oh. man. Andre the Giant is on the list. Seven foot four. So what, man? Five hundred and twenty pounds. So what? Give me, give me Andre anybody else giant. less charismatic than this dude that you just put on Mount Rushmore. He was a an attraction that Vincent J. McMahon sent around for eleven years all across the world to go in, get a lot of money, get those fans talking. Look at this—the eighth wonder of the People world. People line up to see the he, bearded lady too. He had. An amazing heel turn against Hulk Hogan as well. He rips the cross with blood on Hulk Hogan's shirt. I challenge you for WrestleMania. And Hogan had no idea. One of the biggest matches of all time uh, in front of 100,000 people. The Pontiac Silverdome. Yes. Yes. Uh, obviously, he then be, you know became an actor as well. Uh, oh, he was known for winning a lot of battle royals. You were stretching Andre here. the Giant. You were stretching, Andre Jim the Jim 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 you, 
We have talked about Suburban Commando on the show. I'm not stretching with that acting at all. Uh, Andre the Giant is on my Mount Rushmore as part of the birth of professional wrestling. So that is uh, part of my Mount Rushmore. You know, I, I, I battled with myself because when we were talking about R- Mount Rushmore, I was thinking about the one out in South Dakota. Everybody goes at it and gawks at it. Or I was thinking about one maybe in my backyard that I could gawk at. And when I was wrestling, like you said, Rod, we had that fourth choice was a hard one. Andre was in my personal battle royal, and he, he got thrown out, unfortunately. But, Jimmy, I totally see it. I totally see it. And weird story, this week at lunch break, I shit you not, there's this old-timer. Oh, watch my language, sorry. There was this old-timer at work, and he was telling this story, and I heard him say Andre the Giant. He was like four seats over. I was like, hey. I stood up. Hey, what's that about Andre you're talking about? He's like, oh, I met him when I was like six years old. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I, I swear, it's great. He's like, yeah, my dad was involved in some Ohio wrestling promotion in 1973, and he he met Andre and invited him over to our house. And about a month later, Andre was traveling through and stopped at our house and visited with us for probably 15, 20 minutes. That's how nice a guy he was. And when he left, my mom goes, boy, I'm glad he didn't stay for supper. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Rod, I, I hope uh, that is one half of my controversial pick. I'm going to leave uh, leave the uh, person I put in later, and you, you, we 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 may, we may have to uh, we we may have to uh, we may have to turn the podcast off. I think you're going to have a heart attack when you see who I put over Hulk Hogan. Oh my God! Okay, listen, I'm going to play heel right now, right? I understand Andre the Giant is a great. Okay, I understand that there was a wonderful documentary made by one of my personal heroes, Bill Simmons, all about Andre the Giant. That was wonderful. Okay, but I'm not going to put a dude on Mount Rushmore just because he was born with great genes to make him huge. I'm not going to do it. I'm sorry. Other than Andre's size, give me anything that he does remotely like the other people we're going to put on this list. Andre's everything was his size. If he didn't have that, there's no way with that guy's personality, charisma, or moveset, he would be anywhere near Mount Rushmore. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to give him the the Mount Rushmore spot for winning the genetic lottery. I'm not going to do it. Uh, he did put asses in seats. That's, that, that's that's a business huge. thing. That's a business thing, and he put asses in seats all around the world before wrestling was even a freaking. That's true. Thing. That's the that's the one pushback to my stuff that I will that I will say that's right. I got nothing against that. But anything else you say, I'll sit here and fight you tooth and nail. But that's the one that I got nothing on. You're absolutely right. He was an attraction. All right, gig guy number two on your list for the Mount Rushmore professional wrestling. Well, who's number two? On the great Mount Rushmore, that'd be Thomas Jefferson, right? Yep, yep. What he do? He, he single handedly, you know, penned uh, not single handedly, but with a little <laughs> help from his friends, <laughs> penned the Declaration of Independence. But what else did he do? The Louisiana Purchase. He doubled our nation's size. And he bought all that nature, all that beautiful, pristine land. So I'm gonna have to go with my Thomas Jefferson. Is woo, Ric Flair, Nature Boy. <laughs> yes, Rick I love Flair. it. Flair, love Ric Flair on this. So why Ric Flair other than woo? Well, he's a 16-time. Well, and that's just what they're officially saying. I read reports of maybe 21, but who knows? You never know with fake news nowadays. But 16-time world champion, eight NWA, six WCW, and two. WWF. He was a master at promos. I mean, seriously, some of his greatest lines: "To be the man, you gotta beat the man." And I'm Ric Flair, styling, profiling, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, shovel gun. I mean, that was that was groundbreaking pioneer. Having a hard time keeping these alligators down. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of his great matches, the one that I love the most, there was like a 1983 Starcade where he fought Harley Race in a cage. Just occasionally, I'll be bored, and I'll just throw that match on. I got the DVD of it, and I just watch it. And You know, wrestling was a lot different back then, but it was still, I mean, I still enjoy every second of that old school stuff. He had some great feuds with Dusty. I mean, he won the 92 Rumble. I remember how huge that was. Yep. And even more modern, when he fought Vince at uh, the Royal Rumble in 2002, I love that match. I mean, that was a, just a great match. I mean, we could go on and on, but I'm saying Nature Boy. That's my Thomas Jefferson, number two. I had Nature Boy at five. He was he was my last cut. You got Hey, you got to remember the back and forth with Jay Lethal on Impact as well, going dueling Nature Boys. YouTube that one for a second. One of the greatest promos. Of all time. I think the longevity for Ric Flair works as well here. He um, he just did it for so long. And he continued to do well uh, on the microphone as well. Sometimes it went a little too long as, as he got a little older. But other than that, he really did a terrific job overall. And he's relevant to this day. So I think that's a great pickup there. He was number five on your list. Uh, he was He was not on my top four. Uh, for this list here, uh, but he was he was he was you know top five, top six for me, Rod. Heck, you can't even flip you can't even flip through a commercial break without seeing him on a what is that that car commercial? It's like a car insurance commercial. I, every time I'll be fast forwarding a commercial break, that commercial will come on. I'll rewind it just so I can see old Nate. Is that a promo? <laughs> is that the general for great low rates you can get online? Go to the general to save some time. Get at me, general. I can do promos for you. <laughs> yeah, you and Shaq can do those. That, that, that's fantastic there. No, Jimmy, I think literally just on his promos alone, right? Like people love to talk about how great Wayne Gretzky is in the game of hockey because he would literally still be one of the greatest point scorers even if you took his goals away just based on his assists. Mm -hmm. I think Flair could make this Mount Rushmore just on his promo cuts alone, let alone that the man could sell moves like nobody's business in the ring, all right? That he in the ring could just take an absolute beating and make you buy that he was taking a beating and just sell it all day long and always know that, Hey man, I'm putting on a show here. It's got to look like I'm getting beat to a bloody pulp and nobody was better at it than Ric Flair. One of my buddies one time said, man, I've seen Rick for I've seen Ric Flair bleed more than I've seen my own mother's face. Cause he was taking a freaking <laughs> crimson mask every time he fought and think about what a great heel he was. He was like, he loved to hate him. I mean, he was like the anti-hero. But then when he turned face, you know, it's always felt bad for him. And he was the underdog and go flare. But I just, I mean, yeah, definite number two. Definitely on my list. That's a that's a great call, Warner. Mr. Morgan, who you got? Well, I love that you guys went uh, longevity. I'm going to go longevity here for my pick. And my pick is uh, Mark Calloway better known as The Undertaker, only known as The Undertaker, probably his greatest strength. I'm not sure anybody quite lived a character more than The Undertaker did. The guy showed up, and he tweaked it a little bit. Sure, we got the American badass Harley riding guy for a little while, but ultimately he was kind of the Prince of Darkness. He was always doing his thing, always fought at WrestleMania, undefeated at WrestleMania, and if you came through the WWE and wanted to be a big-time deal you had to go through the undertaker for what about 20 years jimmy i mean that's absolutely unmatched and I would, i'd be surprised if neither one of you guys had him on your list because to me he was a stone cold absolute gotta be on the rushmore 
Yeah, he uh, he did not make my list on this one. I don't I think. understand. I don't understand why I call you the wrestling expert and you're hosting this podcast. You're you're maybe gonna get kicked off of this thing, Jimmy, if you keep this up. I think I think he actually built the Mount Rushmore. How about that? He he was the one that went in there, put the bombs in there, and, and got the faces up. Undertaker, you can't you can't go wrong with him. Everything he did was great. He took a gimmick that anyone else could have just failed miserably on the first night. And he turned that into a 25, 30 year career. And he kept going and going, reinventing himself. Uh, even the last few years when it wasn't really the best. Hey, you know what? We're going to do a, 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 a cinematic match with AJ Styles. And it was fantastic. So Undertaker, love it. Huge story. When he lost to Lesnar at WrestleMania, everybody took a breath. It was like, yeah, SportsCenter covered that, man. That was one of those deals that SportsCenter even talked about. Good guy. Is, Call me uh, a wrestling Karen because I'm still upset about it. Damn you, Lesnar. I hate you and I won't watch. <laughs> <laughs> Good guys. What, is Undertaker on your list at all? Now I didn't make it, but again, he was in that battle royal. And you mentioned the biker Undertaker. I thought that was the coolest wrestling storyline. He got buried alive and he was gone for a while. Then all of a sudden, remember he first came back and it was American Badass, remember? Yeah. And like for whatever reason, like what? couple months later then it became limp biscuit and both those both those theme songs when they popped i mean the crowd went wild he came on that motorcycle i freaking loved it loved it and then he even turned heel as the biker for a minute he was mean beat the he actually won the belt from hogan when hogan made his return he held the belt for a while and then he got buried alive again and then he came <laughs> back as a dead man and then that's how he finished out his twilight years and it was he was i mean a definite pillar definite he's he's buried underneath of Mount Rushmore. <laughs> That's go. good. That's good. There you know what goes. I like? I think his his greatest he real quick, Jimmy, yeah. his best actual face turn, I think, even though I discredited the American badass guy a little bit, but Warner, you maybe remember, his best face turn was probably during that time when he kind of showed up and like and everybody was like desperate for a for a hero because that was real big Vince Corporation style, right? Like they just had everybody down and Taker kind of showed up and oh man, that was probably one of his best face turns. Dude, we used to watch it in La Paz on my Rabbit Ears Fuzzy TV, yeah. ABC 57. On I think it was Saturday nights at like 1 in the morning, we'd be hanging out. And Undertaker would come out. I remember. Remember he used to call him, because on the game, his initials were U-T-E, so we'd always call him Pure Ute. You remember yeah, that? Pure Ute, that's right. <laughs> Here comes the Pure Ute for you. Pure he'd come out in that jean vest at first. And yeah, you're right. Stone Cold was hurt, so was The Rock was fighting yep. everybody. He yep. was like the main face. And then here comes Taker. You remember it was bad. It was badass. <laughs> hey, listen, I put Taker on my list. Neither of you guys did. Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, I uh... no. Hey, hey, this is great because here's the thing. There's no right answer to this except for mine. Uh, no, there's no right answer. Mine are <laughs> mine are definitely not the right answer uh, because that's what makes wrestling uh, terrific. Um, you have all these different characters, and they all hit everyone differently. Uh, speaking of uh, my number two, uh, the growth. So when I think of growth, um, I think of someone who started off real young and just grew and changed and developed and became a megastar. I'm going with The Rock on my Mount Rushmore. He's on mine. 1996, he debuted as Rocky Maivia, the high chief Peter Maivia, Rocky Johnson, his father and grandfather put those names together, and he was instructed to smile nonstop. And that turned every single fan against him. People hated him. They chanted, die, Rocky, die, 
and Rocky sucks, not trying to get at the heel because he was a babyface at the time. He had one of the worst matches at one of the worst WrestleManias in WrestleMania 13. Then he got hurt in April of 1997. And he came back in August of that year in the audience and got on that microphone, became a part of the nation of domination and did not look back. Did not look back. He had amazing intercontinental and world title matches with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Triple H, Mankind, can you uh, the, the chair shots at the Royal Rumble where he hit Mankind 58 times in the head with the chair. Oh, I just got chills down my spine again. Um, he was a cha- world champion. He had that terrific match against Hulk Hogan where the, the crowd blew the roof off before the match even started. Uh, it was a happening, as Gorilla Monsoon used to say. I know one of your favorites, Rod. So Shout that, out Gorilla. And then obviously The Rock since then has uh, you know developed into, again, we're, we're talking about going Hollywood and everything like that, going Hollywood. But then he came back, he fought Cena uh, in a couple of WrestleMania main events. He's a world champion, uh, beat CM Punk for the championship at Rumble. And really, to this day, he's still relevant in wrestling. People still want him to come back. They still want him to come back and face Roman Reigns. I think he will. Uh, and it'll be one of the biggest WrestleManias ever. Yeah, somebody may or may not have on this podcast been guaranteeing to the listeners for quite a while that he was going to show up at WrestleMania this year in Dallas, but it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to pay that one off. Well, everybody else is, so I think maybe they're going to hold him back. Gig Guy, what are, your, what are your thoughts on The Rock, Gig Guy? And then we'll go to Rod, who well, had him on his list. He he was in that battle royal, Rod. I hate to keep stealing your vernacular there, but that's a good way to put it because I had a hell of a time. Like I said, I had a lot of thoughts, and but The Rock was in that battle royal. And you, you mentioned all that stuff when he when he was first when he first took off until he went to Hollywood. Well, when he came back, you mentioned Cena, and see that was what during the decline for me. I just I just never really bought Cena. That was like the 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 beginning of the end for me. I just could not stand the guy. I just didn't. I mean, sure, he was a pretty decent wrestler, and the crowd loved him. But me personally, I just didn't dig it. So when The Rock come back and started calling him Fruity Pebbles and was ripping on him, I loved it. I was glued to it again because I was. I was down for him ripping on John Cena, everybody's favorite. Little Jimmy's, at the time, favorite. You remember that? R-Truth? Little Jimmy! Of course I did. <laughs> uh, Rod. I used to call my sons Little Jimmy because they, they they had the Cena action figures. and the, the I think one of them had a shirt. I was like, nice shirt, Little Jimmy. Shut up, Dad. <laughs> Listen, I, I, Cena, this is the first time we've really talked about yeah. him. And I'll just tease right now, he's not on my list. But I will say this, man. Something about Cena's music, man. Like, Cena's music hits and I pop. You know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily consider myself a huge Cena guy, but his music is bad. I love it, dude. When it hits, I pop. Yeah, it's tough when you have some of the the best wrestlers, you know, the four best wrestlers, and John Cena, who here's he's not on my list either. Um, he was a whole generation's number one guy, and th- that that was helped by The Rock too, because The Rock came in, you know, put him over that second time. And uh, Rod, let's talk about a little bit with the with The Rock. Anything else you want to add about why he was on your Mount Rushmore? I just, again, I, I think the promo skills, right? I mean, I just think charisma and promo skills are one of those things that we talk about an awful lot that like, sure, you can go to the WWE Performance Center and you can get yourself all shredded up and you can work hours upon hours upon hours and become a guy who's an absolute tactician in the ring. But if you don't have charisma and if you can't work that crowd, and if you can't work that microphone and you can't come up with something they can put on a t-shirt and you can't come up with something that the crowd can chant along and you can't come up with great names for your finishing moves, then you're not going to make it in the WWE 
And The Rock just consistently, every time he would say something, it would be awesome. Now, if you then took it to your own regular life and said jabroni, you might sound kind of stupid. But when The Rock said it, it was perfect. If you in your regular life tried to tell somebody to shut up, it doesn't matter what your name is, you'd get in a whole hell of a lot of trouble. Well, when The Rock did it, I popped like crazy. He also came up with an, another new word, SmackDown. You know, no, who, yeah. was, who was using SmackDown before him? He came up with a TV show name. Pretty cool. I think Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg on The Chronic said SmackDown first. I remember, I'm going to have to put the SmackDown. That was the first time I ever heard it. But, yeah, yeah Rock t- took it and catapulted it into the stratosphere. Oh, speaking of stratosphere, I can't wait to hear this next one. Gig Guy, who you got? Number three. All right, well, let's think back to our beloved National Monument. <laughs> Who's number three on that beautiful mountainside? Well, you got Teddy Roosevelt. What do you know about old Teddy? Well, Teddy was rich from birth, and rather than sit around with a silver spoon in his mouth, he went out west to wrangle some cattle and be a cowboy. And he came back and got into politics, and he was for the working man, and everybody could relate to old Teddy, and he got worked his way up to vice president. And then the president died, and all of a sudden, he's catapulted into the main seat, right? And the thing I think about Teddy is, you know, it was the age of the tycoon. The tycoons were buying up the land and drilling for oil and whatever. whatever. And Teddy said, no, I'm going to preserve this land. And he made the national park system, right? And then Is this later a Ken on, Burns documentary or a Mount Rushmore wrestling? What's happening here? Well, I'm about to tell you if you give me a <laughs> breath here. Now, now, listen. Later on, after he... Because he only served... What, he served one and a half terms, okay? So then... He tried to come back and have a, you know, a full second term. And during one of his speeches, he got shot in the chest and finished that speech. And he was one of the toughest SOBs in presidential <laughs> history. So I am going with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And that's the bottom line, gentlemen. Yeah. yeah. All right. Austin, he was number six. Austin, he was six for me. Austin is on my list for preservation. Uh, so, yeah, he is on my list. Talk to me a little bit more about Stone Cold Steve Austin there. Good guy. Well, I tell you this, when, uh, remember I told you the, the beginning of the, well, no, this is pre-beginning. This, I, I gave up on wrestling. After WrestleMania 8, I moved to, I moved to Plymouth Rod, and I met you playing on a softball team, and yeah. I just never thought about wrestling again, okay? And then when I did check in later on, I looked, and it was like Bam Bam Bigelow versus freaking Lawrence Taylor or some crap at WrestleMania, and I was thinking, <laughs> oh, man, I'm glad I don't watch this crap anymore. So then we went through our high school years. I really didn't give a darn and moved off to Texas after I graduated, you know. And I got down there with no friends, nothing. And uh, everybody, on Monday nights, everything was stopped down in Texas. Well, hey, what's going on? Oh, wrestling's on. We got to watch Raw. What are you talking about? Raw? And so I sat down, and it was right when, uh, you remember when Stone Cold, he got like crucified, quote unquote, by The Undertaker? It was during that (laughs) year, Stephanie McMahon. And I was like, what in the hell is, this ain't the wrestling I remember. And at that very moment, I was hooked on Stone Cold, just beer drinking and cussing and giving out stunners. And, I mean, from then on, I bought every single VHS, DVD, action figure shirt I could get my hands on. And pay-per-views, oh, man, Stone Cold. He was the anti-hero. I mean, who – and think about the – he beat up his own boss. Who the hell would That's love it. to beat up their own boss? Yep. I'd like every day – there isn't a week, I should say, that goes by where I don't think about giving my boss a Stone Cold stunner. There isn't a week that goes by. So, you know, there's nothing flashy about him. Just the black tights, the black vest, come down, Flippy the Bird, that theme music, the glass breaking. Yeah. 
catchphrases, the merch sales. I mean, he won multiple Rumbles, championships, another heel turn. Remember when he turned heel and he joined forces with old Vince? And, and one last thing I'll say is he left the industry on a high note. And I don't know what's going on, gossip mill and Twitter and this and that. But I hope he doesn't come back at this WrestleMania. And I don't know if I missed something, and he is, but I sure hope he doesn't. Well, there's heavy rumors that he he may be coming back to face Kevin Owens because Kevin Owens is talking really bad about Texas, and I don't know if you know this or not. Steve Austin's from Texas. Wasn't there a SpongeBob episode? Wasn't there a SpongeBob episode where Sandy got mad for talking about Texas? Patrick was making fun of it or something. Come on, this is what you got for storylines, you guys. <laughs> listen, there's a damn pay per view tomorrow, and you guys wanted to record this tomorrow. That's wrestling blasphemy. So I think. Yeah. If you had if you had over thirty minutes before Warner broke good on AEW, <laughs> then you win. I totally would have taken the under on that. Warner, I'm proud of you for waiting thirty one minutes to match WWE and get AEW over. So I had <laughs> I had Austin in the preservation section uh, of my Mount Rushmore for a few reasons. Number one, he is the ultimate meme, the ultimate uh, YouTube clips. For when you look at wrestling, you're going to look at that. You're going to look at uh, the beer truck. You're going to look at hitting McMahon with the stunners, hitting him with the um, bedpan, the glass breaking, like you said. Uh, also, uh, the money that he generated with Austin 316 uh, with those shirts, he over overtook the NWO shirts at one point. Uh, still a great looking T-shirt, uh, honestly. Um, the Attitude Era was all Austin. You know, got the the fingers flying and everything. And then also, you know, for preservation, we've got that podcast that he does a great job with. Um, he's on the network as well. And really, it's getting it's getting a, a number one star talking to other number one stars, giving you a little you know history and 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 uh, I really love that about him. So yeah, definitely Steve Austin is uh, is on the list for me. What about that? What about that where he beat up Booker T in the grocery store? You remember that? Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. That's one of the funniest. Beat up Vince McMahon with the bedpan in a hospital. (laughs) I know. I know. Some of the funniest. That's why. That's why I loved him because he was funny. He was vulgar. You know. It's just yeah, definite, definite. So is he on yours, Rod? He is not. No, my my number four pick is going to be a little bit controversial. Somebody Stone Cold battled with, actually, but it's uh it's it's not Stone Cold. But I will say this: sometimes when we talk about these things, it's best to just boil it down to the simple premise. Okay, Stone Cold's glass breaking even tops John Cena's as far as like the yep. best thing to be an entrance, right? I mean, it's like it's synonymous now with like a surprise entrance, right? Like we all associate surprise entrances now with glass breaking or oh shit, it's about to go down, right? That's what glass breaking means, and Let's be honest here. Wrestling is a male soap opera, okay? What better line of story can you give to angry men? Again, I'm generalizing, but let's just be honest here. Other than, hey, guess what? It would be cool if you could beat your boss up, wouldn't it? We're about to show you that for 40 minutes here on TV. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I'm not even joking. Like, when I took the test to get into the union, I had to answer all these, like, psychological questions. Have you ever thought about hitting your boss? And of course I answered no, because I would be on the street if I answered yes. <laughs> but honestly, I'm telling you this week, this guy, this guy made a mistake at work and I knew it. And I thought, boy, I'd like to give him a Stone Cold Stunner right now. I seriously thought this. <laughs> if you ever do a stunner in real life, you have to immediately come on the podcast and tell us the story. Well, I've done it, he, he, he'll get one, he'll get one phone call. So he'll be able to call in at least uh, True. from that. Yeah. Yeah. It, I'll miss the call. Cause this damn thing was hard enough scheduling. It. I'll call a freaking empty chat room here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so before we get to our final picks and Rod, we'll go to you here in a second. Um, 
you mentioned that you know it, it's it's a male dominated sport with you know angry males. Um, did anyone have a female on their list of Mount Rushmore? No. Okay. Dubbing the cricket sound effect. Exactly. So yeah. put the crickets in, and I I did not either. Um, I was wondering if when I th- when you when I say female wrestler, who's the first one that comes to mind? Rod. Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair. Okay. Warner. Uh, May Young. <laughs> I, <yeah. laughs> well, I didn't think May Young was gonna get a shout out uh, on Mount Rushmore episode. That's May Young. May Young. So, so wrong, dude. <laughs> So I really think if Becky Lynch would have continued her uh, oh. her her uh, face run, she would have been top ten, uh, but not not top four. So I think Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, May May May, May Young, maybe uh, in there. But uh, <laughs> you know, we gotta 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 give a shout out to to the women who. Re- no, listen, I I talk the women up. Oh no question. On our podcast, no question. You know what I mean? Like I think the EST is doing great work yep. right now. Yep. I'm not as big of a fan of Becky Lynch as everybody else seems to be. I love Rhea Ripley. I would yep. love for them to figure out something to do with Rhea Ripley and all hail Queen Charlotte Flair. That's that's very well said, Rod. Number four on your Mount Rushmore. Let's recap real quick. Quick, Rod had Hulk Hogan, The Undertaker, The Rock, and you think I'm cute. You oh, know get out of here. <laughs> Absolutely, baby. Shawn Michaels, come on. This is another guy, Jimmy, that I think has a similar career arc to The Rock, and we don't give him a lot of credit for it, all right? This is a guy who's in a tag team with Marty Jannetty. It's a big-time deal. When the Brockers break up, Michaels goes out on his own, right? He absolutely gets worked all the time. That guy can wrestle his ass off, yes, okay? Yes, And he could cut promos, and he kept coming back and coming back. And DX, we talk about how much money NWO made and how much money that Austin 316 made. How many times were guys going at their crotch and saying, suck it, when DX was a thing, all right? I mean, it was an absolutely huge thing, and it helped – I think it helped legitimize DX that a guy like Shawn Michaels was in there. Shawn Michaels has had battles with The Undertaker. Shawn Michaels has had battles with Bret Hart, right? Shawn Michaels was around for the days of wrestling, and then he gave credence to the Attitude Era, I believe. I don't think Shawn Michaels gets enough respect as an all-time great in the wrestling lore. I just, I really don't. So I wanted to put him on my Mount Rushmore and be maybe the one guy out there talking Shawn Michaels up. Well, listen, I think that Shawn Michaels in the ring work overall – uh, Mike skills. Uh, you know, he's Mr. WrestleMania. You can't take that away from him. I think a lot of behind the scenes stuff comes into there. Why he isn't put up, you know, higher on that. And he did quit literally a couple times. Said, "No, I'm not doing that." Leaving. He had he had some uh, some other demons as well. Uh, but he has come back. Uh, you know, he unfortunately got injured. Um, wasn't able to wrestle until Saudi Arabia paid him a lot of money a couple years ago. Uh, but uh, Austin, honestly, Austin or Austin, uh, Austin and HBK had a, a a very memorable match. Yep. Without that HBK win, Austin may not have you know he may not have taken that I'm next saying. step. Yep. You're right, Warner. What do you think it's about a HBK? Predetermined outcome, right? Again, yep. I mentioned that at the beginning. It's a predetermined outcome. So one of the things that I think is very important in this this sport, right? And I'm doing the quotation marks here. Is something that we don't talk about very often, but it's something that a guy like Flair was really really good at, and we give him credit for it. But I think Michaels was just as good at it. What do you think about um, HBK there, gig guy? Well, what do you? How many? How many guys to this day are using sweet chain music? I mean, you see it. Yes, everybody. How many times <laughs> an episode. I mean, so right there, pioneer the naming of the of the said move again, Rod. Like you said, if you ain't got a flashy name, you know, 
Thanks for playing, pal. And, you know, the, the theme song, of course. But what sticks out in my mind the most about Shawn Michaels, and it might be stupid, but, you know, well, that, well, hold on. Let me, before I mention it, remember the Rockers? Remember how freaking when he first come out, they were the, I mean, in my mind, they were some of the original high flyers in my wrestling knowledge yeah. at the time. I loved watching them. I mean, they were crazy. And then what I was going to mention was the infamous through Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window. Do you guys remember that? I love that. Oh, man, that's it. Shockwaves through wrestling when Michaels broke bad on him. Absolutely. Yeah, heel turn. The giant heel turn. Yeah. And he was another out. huge part of wrestling, right? That's something else that I think a guy should get credit for, right? A great heel turn is essential to the business, and Michaels had one of the greatest. Plus that A&E documentary that he was uh, – that he was a part of. He was not just being a heel. He was living a heel. Yeah. Like, he was like a yes, real-life asshole. Yes, he I was. Chose, listen, but you guys put Flair, right? We talked Flair. Flair's got some stuff in his past, too. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of these guys do. We chose to just leave that out. At least I did. But apparently Jimmy didn't, and that's why Hogan didn't make his list. Correct. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I'm about to come. Where you live? Where you at? I'm about to come deliver a leg drop right to <laughs> <at> your door. He's <laughs> uh, down my Greenwood, Warner. Let's both go get him. <laughs> All right, Warner, who is your number four? Who is the Abe Lincoln of your Mount Rushmore? What was Honest Abe? What was he uh, known for? He was known for fighting the Civil War, right, and preserving the Union. Well, there was a little bit of a Civil War going on on Wednesdays here recently in the wrestling world. And guess what? Guess who won the Civil War? The North, Lincoln's side. What? And who won the Wednesday Night Wars? So this you want to talk controversial. What's going I'm on? going with Chris Jericho, oh! baby. <laughs> the walls. Whoa! Break the walls, the walls down. Chris Jericho is your number four on Mount Rushmore. You knew he was going to go AEW on us, Jimmy. You knew he was going to do that. And I know Jericho had quite a time in WCW and quite a time in WWE, but he's AEW right now, and so I am not surprised by this, but I love it. All right, so Warner, talk to me about Jericho. What what vaulted him to number four on the list? Well, he's been everywhere, man. ECW, WCW, WWF, New Japan, and now AEW. Six-time WWF champ, nine-time IC champ. I mean, he's had his theme songs. Again, a lot of these guys, their theme songs, their theme songs are what sticks out to me. Now, you had Bring the Walls Down. You guys sing it. I tell you what, I love Judas every bit as much as that. I mean, that was what I, when I went to the live taping of AEW, that was, I felt robbed because he got attacked right in the middle of Judas. And I couldn't finish singing it. I'm telling you, furious. See, but, that's a good gimmick. They just pulled that on WWE where Shinsuke Nakamura was coming out and everybody loves his entrance. And all of a sudden the Usos beat the crap out of him and Boogs and their entrance got stopped. So, and he's another master at promos. I mean, Raw is Jericho, Y2J. Oh, is. You're right about that. I mean, seriously. I mean, he headlined WrestleManias against Triple H. You just made you the know, list. What, yeah, yeah. Just made the list. That's, another, that's what I was going to say is master at reinventing himself. I mean, and another... Funny, funny wrestler. I love laughing when I'm watching wrestling. I remember when he was feuding with CM Punk, and CM Punk was all straight edge, and he found out that CM Punk <laughs> had like a drunk sister, and he broke a bottle of freaking Jack Daniels on his head or something. I mean, come on. That was great. He's a great heel, but he's also a pretty fun face for a minute, which if you notice, if you guys are watching, he's fixing to turn heel again on AEW, which I'm super stoked about because that was getting a little bit stale there for a minute, but... You know, uh, he was AW's first champ. 
Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, the stadium stampede matches were his brainchild. I don't know if you guys watched yep. all those, or both of them, I should say. Oh. Freaking hilarious. Great moves. I mean, a bit. I mean, I'm sure people had their complaints about it, but we're in a damn pandemic. You had to do something. And I paid the 50 bucks each time to watch it, and I, I, I'd pay it again. So, Chris Jericho, his 1999 debut when The Rock Huge. was in the ring. And Huge. all of a sudden, that countdown clock goes down. I just watched it before we got on here, and it was amazing. And then they didn't do anything with him. And then they brought him back. And then he reinvented himself. He went back and forth, New Japan, Mexico, ECW, WCW, Canada, everywhere, like you said. But importantly, too, AEW was formed on his backbone because he was the person in the United States that people knew. They didn't necessarily know everybody else as much because they were more indie wrestlers. That is why Chris Jericho was the development number four on my list as well. Chris Jericho on Jimmy's Mount Rushmore. Man, oh I poked a hole, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> poked a hole right in your balloon, Jimmy. I'm sorry. <laughs> you did. I really was like, okay, well, fair enough. And you went down almost word reinvent is on my list. Mike skills uh, champion six times. And then I wrote out everywhere that he was been on. Listen, Chris Jericho is and the development really for him is continuous development. Even now he's changed his body again, Warner or uh, good guy. Sorry. He's changed his body again recently where he's gotten into a little bit better shape than he had been. Uh, so he's, he's coming back again for that. So. Uh, well, that, wrong that with ladder match against Shawn Michaels in 2008. Yep. When yep. he went up against, he went up against Rod's guy, Shawn Michaels. I mean, that was a freaking awesome match. Yep. Jimmy, did I hear a scoff out of you when I said Shawn Michaels, or did I mistake that? I thought I heard like a scoff or a snortle out of you, and then you give me Chris Jericho? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's better? Now, again, I'm not trying to attack either one of you guys because I like Jericho an awful lot, right? Sure. But like, but but explain to me how, how it seemed to me that you thought that Michaels had no business being on a Rushmore, but Jericho did, right? Like, I mean, just like explain to me the huge difference between those two guys. I honestly just didn't think you were going to pick HBK. That's why I was I was just I was floored. I just didn't think he was going to be your fourth. He came from a lot of my era, right? You know what yeah. I mean? Like like I talk about it all the time. The Attitude Era is the era that I love the most and DX was huge for a lot of the Attitude Era, you know what I mean? Badass Billy Gunn, uh you know, we got the the Road Dog, Jesse James, we got X-Pac, we got China, you know, we got Triple H, who's another guy frankly who I kicked around for a little bit, right? Like he was probably more like 10 or 11 for me, but that dude, that dude can do it as well. Yeah, I I I think it's, I mean, it, it's, it, listen, he, he's Mr. WrestleMania, so he's got to be, you know, up there somewhere. So I think that's a, that's a good pick. I just did, really didn't think it was going to be there. And I think Chris Jericho's longevity and the fact that he continued to reinvent himself really put him in that, um, in that development area for me on the Mount Rushmore. Well, and I was thinking, I was thinking too, you know, if they're going to build this monument where the, all the public can see it or, are they going to build it in my backyard? And when the final decision came down, I went with the backyard because I didn't want to pick the same dude on your guys' list. But yet, Jericho, you know, he's a controversial topic, but you can maybe see an argument to to put him up there. I mean, there's a obviously other choices. But. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not he's not Coco Beware. You know what I mean? Like certainly, He was number you know, five on my list. Number five. On <laughs> 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 he's yeah. not the Brooklyn Brawler. You know what I mean? Uh... <laughs> All right, so let's go uh, real quick. Uh, I had Andre the Giant, The Rock, Chris Jericho, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. 
Rod had Hulk Hogan, Undertaker, The Rock, and HBK. Gig Guy had Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Steve Austin, and Y2J, Chris Jericho. Jimmy, can I just say can I just say a name that like I'm I'm sort of bummed up that out the name did not come up at any point. Correct. And that name is Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, so he he was on he was on my list, uh, my initial list of eleven. Um and the the fact that he was something first of all, he called himself the Macho Man and yeah. he pulled it off. He had Miss Elizabeth. He had that great run oh, as inter- did he ever have oh, yes, Come he on did. Now. great run as Intercontinental Champion. One of the best matches in WWE history. I don't care what you say. WrestleMania three against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Steamboat! An amazing match with the Ultimate Warrior in his final well, in quotes, final match um at WrestleMania where he reunited with Miss Elizabeth. Um, when you hear pomp and circumstance, you do not think of graduation. You think of no. the Macho Man. <laughs> That's for damn sure. I just—he's another guy. You know, what I mean, like, there's just some guys out there that I just want to, like, at least their name comes up, right? Like you just said, Ultimate Warrior there as well, right? He's a guy who I think was like not a very long career, but man, did he have a high high? You know what I mean? Like, there's there's guys in professional sports that had a couple of years where they were at the top of the mountain and then fell off, but Warrior had a couple of years where he was huge. Yeah, a couple Macho other... Man was Macho Man was my number five. Actually, he was almost in place of Flair on my amount. But I just I I don't know. I couldn't I wanted to I wanted to choose him, but I knew I was choosing Jericho, so I went with Flair. So that way the masses would agree with me maybe a little bit more. But <laughs> screw the masses. Oh yeah, because I love the Macho Man. Cream of the crap. Gig guy loves uh, appealing to the masses for sure. A couple other people I had on my uh, initial list. Roddy Piper is just as far as again oh, hearing yeah. bagpipes play, you just get those chills. Amazing heel, great on the mic. Reinvented himself a few times as far as it, it, attitude and things like that. Um, and then also Bret Hart was on the list, but I, he just never really got to that point. For, for I mean, he was one of my favorites, but he really wasn't in that upper echelon for me. So he Not was a lot kind of charisma the, out of Bret yeah, Hart, right? Yeah, like, he, there was only really one speed for Bret Hart. Precisely, precisely. Anybody else, Warner, or a gig guy that you'd like to uh, go well, over? Warner is his last name. I mean, yeah, it's I know. okay to call him Warner. I know, it's gig guy Warner, but, you know, he likes gig guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned Bret Hart and Roddy Piper there. That, that WrestleMania 8 match that they fought, great match there. And Bret Hart, you mentioned him. I don't, It always made me sick to, to see, remember when he threw his fits and he spit in Vince's face and he was, you know, went to WCW. I was glad he was getting his ass whipped by Stone Cold there right before he left. I, I enjoyed every minute of that. It was real to Bret Hart. It was real to Bret Hart. One of the greatest Stone Cold promos I still laugh about to this day. He's like, put a little S in front of the hitman. That's exactly what I think about him. Uh, I don't think I remember that one. That's a good one. <laughs> well that that has been our mount rushmore episode of the yeah we know podcast gig guy are we not going to talk about ricochet winning the intercontinental championship we're not going to talk about that well we have to also talk about Sami Zayn winning the intercontinental championship because i don't think we've talked about that yet uh but yeah ricochet hey, listen, by the way hell yeah talk, ricochet if you hell guys yeah are gonna talk sports entertainment i've got some and irons that need polishing <laughs> so I'll let you guys talk about your precious sports entertainment on your own time. Get a hold of me when you want to talk about wrestling. You've been listening to the Yeah We Know podcast. You're in the ring with Jimmy and Hot Rod. 
Yeah, I was gonna say, man, maybe we should start having this this podcast be here in the ring with Jimmy and Gig Guy, man. I don't even know if I can bring a promo at the end after some of the stuff we heard out of the Gig Guy, but I will say this: I'm excited for WrestleMania, and I got some takes. So just come in next week when we're talking a little more WrestleMania for some scorching hot takes from the Hot Rod.